Introducing Mindful Parenting in a Messy World with Michelle Gale. This podcast is for parents who long to be meaningfully connected to themselves and their children, even as the demands of modern life are accelerated. Enjoy a collection of supportive conversations, meditations, and nuggets of practical wisdom to help you embrace the parenting journey as your greatest potential for personal growth. Welcome to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. I'm your host, Michelle Gale, and I am here today with a very sweet friend and colleague, Anne-Marie Tereso. Anne-Marie and I have been friends for a few years, although we have just been virtual friends. We haven't had a chance to meet yet. We're hoping to change that in the near future. But let me tell you a little bit about her. She is a certified mindfulness educator, a certified life coach, and an educational leadership coach. She's had the honor of being trained by leading experts such as Daniel Rexstaffen, John Kabat-Zinn, Jack Cornfield, Susan Kaiser-Greenland, Martha Beck, Jim Dethmer, Diana Chapman, and many others. She brings her passion for mindfulness and conscious leadership together to help parents, educators, support students in cultivating well-being as a means for authentic success. She has a wonderful organization called Bring It Home to bring the tools of mindfulness and conscious leadership to students, parents, and educators through workshops, online courses, and one-on-one coaching. She loves the work she gets to do, and she's super grateful for the opportunity to bring it into the world. She's a mother to three 18, 16, and 13-year-old children, and she's in a relationship with her fiancé who has six children and one and a half grandchildren, you're going to have to explain that to me, together <laughs> practice leading, loving, and learning from their children on a daily basis. Welcome, Anne-Marie. Thanks. So fun to be chatting with you always. Yes, yes. We, we were having a, a call yesterday, just to, a catch-up call, and because Anne-Marie has been very kind to offer to try to set up some things in Chicago for me for my new book that's coming out in September that I will definitely be sharing more about on the podcast in upcoming weeks. Um, we were talking about, about giving and receiving, and I was sharing with Anne-Marie how I, um, I posted something on Facebook to my friends and family and letting people know that I needed support around getting the word out for my book, which is really hard for me. <laughs> it's really hard for me. Mm-hmm. And I've received so many messages of people wanting to bring me to different cities and um, offering to introduce me to people and introduce me to people who have podcasts and places I can go speak. And, and I've just been so humbled and really working with trying to take it all in. And, um, and Amory just had some really wonderful things to share about it. And so that's what we're going to talk about talk about today. And but why don't you start, Amory, around just yeah. around kind of our conversation? Well, it was, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, the first thing that really struck me yesterday when we were chatting was, um, like, I, I was like, of course, so many people are willing to help you because you are so generous with yourself to others. And it it was like a no brainer. I'm like, what you put out there, you get in return. It's the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. And so as I was sitting there listening to you, um, I was like, of course, Michelle, of course, all these people want to help. And not only are you so open hearted and so generous, um, and putting it out there, but 
the work you do is beautiful and it's so authentic and we all want it out there. We, we want more of that. So, um, I really wanted to, I wanted to appreciate you for that. I wanted to sort of point that out to you and, and make sure you realized that, that, you know, it's a boomerang effect. (laughs) Thank you. And as I listen, and I'm sure our listeners have this, some of us have the same experience. Like you're saying all these things and my stomach is just kind of like, Mm -hmm. listening, listening to the praise and appreciating it, but also somehow uncomfortable with the praise and support. And what in the world is that about? And, and I love, I love the work that you do um, with Diana Chapman and Jim Duffmer around the 15 commitments of conscious leadership. And by the way, Amory has created a beautiful online program um, that brings those 15 commitments um, for parenting. Um, it's a wonderful online course that kind of talks about parenting through the lens of the 15 commitments. But why don't you tell us a little bit about that work, um, what the 15 commitments are all about, how you're involved, and then we're going to kind of hone in on this giving and receiving piece of it. Yeah. Um, so I started working with Diana privately as a coach many, many, many years ago, like 15 years ago. And, um, She's just been an incredible support to me. And then she, along with Jim Dethmer, um, have been doing this work out in the world. And they created and wrote a book called The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. And they bring this structure, this architecture um, of conscious leadership to corporations. And as I started to um, get to know the work more and more, um, I had a passion for bringing it to the world of education and parenting and really what's in the book and what's in the program is nothing new to us all. Like all of us who are teaching mindfulness and conscious parenting and consciousness, we're all teaching the same thing in one form or another. But what spoke to me so much about the 15 commitments is the structure. It was really, really a friendly architecture for me. It was a way of putting it together so that my brain really understood it and gave me just sort of an architecture for moving through the material in a way that um, brought clarity and awareness in, in, um, in just a super friendly way. So as I began to work with it, I wanted to adapt it to bring it to, this, um, to, to the world of education, to the world of parenting, because as I was working with more and more of my private clients um, as a life coach, I just had this passion for working with people at earlier at earlier stages in their lives. And I, I just had all this curiosity around what would it be like if our kids had the gift of awareness sooner in life? What would the world be like? Wouldn't it be cool to, yeah. to have the gift of awareness? Like, yeah. wow. So um, I, I became really excited about adapting this and... Um, that's what I've done in my course and in the work that I do. I, I adapt their framework for parents and educators. Mm. And so, so tell me, tell me a little bit about the the commitment that you and I were talking about yesterday. Share that with us. Yeah. So it was so interesting because, like life, is so perfectly timed, right? I um, moved through the fifteen commitments in my monthly newsletter, and last month I just finished commitment number seven, which is the one around generating appreciation. So when you started talking yesterday about this outpouring of support and how grateful you are for it, 
well, I thought, yeah, sister, it's the giving and receiving. (laughs) And, and it just reminded me of all the work I did last month around um, this commitment. I'm going to read the commitment and the commitment says there's two ways in which we can be in relationship to what we're going to um, say, generating appreciation. And we're either in it from presence um, from above the line, which is, part of the framework of the work that we use in the 15 commitments. And what does above the line really, mean? Above the line just means I'm fully open. I'm curious. I'm committed to learning. It's really just openness, right? Mm. And when we're below the line, we're closed, we're defensive, we're shut down, we're committed to being right. So from above the line, the commitment reads, I commit to living in appreciation to fully opening to both receiving and giving appreciation. And I love that they put their receiving first. Mm. Whereas norm- normally it's giving first, right? Yes. But here, here they talk about receiving first and giving appreciation. And then from below the line, it reads, I commit to feeling entitled to what's mine, resenting when it's not acknowledged in the way I want it. Um, so that's a, the below the line of the to me attitude. Say the, say the below the line again. I commit to feeling entitled to what's mine, resenting when it's not acknowledged in a way that I want. Mm. So this idea of receiving appreciation um, came up so much for me yesterday in our call because I think it's, it's a really difficult muscle to build to fully receive a compliment or fully receive um, someone else's generosity to really, really just be an open vessel for receiving without feeling the need immediately, this impulse that I think many of us have of giving back right away. Yeah. Do you, do you ever notice that about yeah, yourself? Or, Someone or says just, something? Yeah. Or just like, you know, oh no, like, oh, you know, it's no big deal, you know, kind of thing. You know, yes. if somebody gives you a really nice compliment. Like, I love that, you know, the work you did or that thing you wrote, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, you know, thanks. You know, lots of people write good things <laughs> or something, you know, yes. you just kind of diminish it instead of, you know, really taking it in and like, wow, thank you. Like, I really appreciate that compliment. That makes me feel yeah. um, really you know, honoring it, honoring it. It's hard in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a way in which we shut ourselves down from, you know, fully experiencing sort of the richness and the beauty of life and love. Really, it's, it's the way we shut ourselves down from receiving love. So in my opinion, the, our capacity to receive um, appreciation is, it, it's like this meter. I, I, um, have you read Gay Hendricks' book, The Big Leap? Mm-mm, no. Oh, you'll love that one. Pick that one up. Um, but he talks in there about Um, upper limits and how our system is, our nervous system really is regulated that we're only accustomed to receiving a certain amount of joy in our lives. Mm. And, and we have a cutoff and it's really, it's 
it's a result of how we were raised. So you can kind of check back into when you were a kid and um, how much joy or fun or, you know, laughter or excitement or whatever you were allowed to have. And it's like a gauge. So your system sets itself up and they're like, all right, stop right there. Too much. Don't go any further than that. Mm. And so anytime we're taking something in, we, we have our own uh, way of monitoring how much we're going to allow, how much aliveness, how much love, how much gratitude, how much love will we bring into our system. And so you know, when someone pays me a compliment, I, I'm always practicing mindfulness um, and paying attention to, huh, what, like, how am I receiving this in this now moment? Am I, am I fully allowing it? Or is there a part of me that's pushing it away or shutting it down or looking the other way? And what do you it's a really fun now? practice. What do you notice, you know, more recently when someone gives you a compliment? So what I notice now is that I'm aware of the part of me that wants to push it away. Mm. So, um, you know, I have sort of this bifurcated experience where I'm receiving it and I'm not, I'm not um, saying, oh, 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 no, it wasn't really me or it has nothing to do with me or thank you. know, I'm not deflecting or doing any of those patterns that I have around it, yeah. but it's still there. You know, it hasn't fully gone away yet. Um, so I practice it. I practice it all the time. Someone says something nice to me and I pause mm. and I breathe and I, I imagine my heart opening. I literally imagine like this giant door in my heart opening and like light flooding in with the appreciation coming through. And I just practice that and see how expanded I can get. It's fun. Beautiful. It's really fun. Beautiful. And how do we, you know, how do we do this with our children? You know, what's the bridge there? Because if we are responding in these weird ways to appreciation, then we're teaching our children, right? It's like, do as I say. Like, do. <laughs> do as you know? I do. Yeah. I mean, they're going to do as we do, right? They're going to kind of see that and feel that and, um, and yep. absorb that. And so, you know, and, and then there's this twist of, you know, we want our children to be able to receive praise and appreciation. And also, you know, so many, you know, so many kids are also raised super entitled, you know, yes. really, you know, and, and we have this fear of, <laughs> of entitlement and raising them to be spoiled brats, you know? Yes. Oh my gosh. It's such a hard one for me. It's yeah. Such a hard one. And, you know, and then we do want to praise them. Um, but you know, where's the, where does it go awry where it's like too much, you know, over praising. It's like, you know, there's been so much written on, you know, everyone gets an award, everyone gets a, <laughs> you know, gets a prize, you know, when it's over, everyone gets a trophy. I know everyone. Yeah. There is this fine line. And one of the things I love about conscious leadership in the world of parenting mm -hmm. is when you tease, when you tease it out, conscious simply means to be awake or to be aware leadership is influence. So are you aware of the influence you're having as a parent? Right. And mm -hmm. so there is this way in which for me as a parent, I'm constantly um, towing the line and, and trying to pay attention or be aware of how I'm influencing my children. And 
we, and it's tricky, right? Because I don't, we live in a world where kids have a lot of stuff. Yeah. They just do. So I think, and I also think you have to pay attention to who you are and how you show up. There's a way in which some of us, you and I've talked about the Enneagram a lot and I'm, um, my personality type, my Enneagram personality type is an Enneagram one and I'm sort of a perfectionist and I, I can be a little harsh and I can focus on the negative. So I was telling you this earlier today where I can overly harp on my kids to be appreciative, right? To the extent where they might fall into the guilt category, like, oh, I don't deserve this or I should appreciate it more of that. Mm. Or, you know, we can have... Um, a parent who is overly, what's the word, Michelle, I'm using, overly complimentary of their kids so that their kids, um, so we just have to find that balance for ourselves. And, you know, I don't know where it is. I I think it's, it's different for everyone. There's no perfect answer, but I, I do think there's this way in which um, our own awareness is the key to knowing the answers to these questions. Yeah. And, and, you know, you know, the one thing I always say is make the implicit explicit, you know, don't keep it inside. If we're wondering about it or feeling uncomfortable about it to speak it out loud, you know, speak our internal um, dialogue out loud. You know, like to, I really, I, you know, to, I, I notice how hard it is for me to appreciate, you know, to, to have appreciations on me. Um, yes. I also notice how much I want them. You know, like we all want them from our children, right? Yeah. All we want is mom, thanks. You know, how often I say to my kids, you know, I'm making them food and they're like whining and and I say, mom, you're the best. Thanks so much for making me these pancakes. (laughs) I do the same thing. I do the same thing. You're the best. I love you, mom. You know, like saying out loud what I want them to say. I do the same thing, but in a playful way. I mean, in a playful way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally playful way. But then I also tell them like, you know, there's times when I'm being grumpy, you know, just kind of frustrated. And I realized, Oh, like I want to be appreciated a little bit. I've been giving and giving and giving. And all I really want is someone to say, I notice how much you're doing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, I just really want that in the moment. And, um, and so my older son, I'll, I'll just tell him that I'm like, Tyler, you know, I just, sometimes I just need a thank you for everything I'm doing or just someone to notice, you know, how much I'm giving. And, yeah. and he's like, Oh mom, I'm sorry. Like I do notice like you're doing so much. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And, and I somehow love that you're willing to do that and to just be vulnerable and honest. But yeah. That what you need, like we ask for what we need and you know, parents give, give, give. I mean, we become such martyrs, right? Yes. Yeah. We can be such martyrs. We give and we give and we give and you know, and nobody is doing anything for us and our, you know, our minds start to go like nobody cares about us. Nobody's doing anything nice for us. And then we're just, you know, mean, <laughs> you know, like, no, cause we get resentful. We get resentful, but we also haven't told anyone how we were feeling or asked for what, you know, sometimes we just have to ask for what we need, right? Yeah. Well, I've gotten really good at catching my resentment because I could be um, a giver, 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 giver. And then my kid will do one thing and I'll be like, you're so selfish. And you know, <laughs> like, yeah. I have done this and this. And they're looking at me like, 
I, well, I didn't ask you to do any of that. I like, what know. do you? Mean? And I failed as a parent. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is failed parenting. That's one of my favorite ones. <laughs> it's like you're crazy. <laughs> and yeah, we, and we are crazy. And they're just looking at us like I was just sitting here watching a show. I don't know what you're talking about. Like they're completely in the dark. <laughs> Because I'm over here on like planet Anne Marie having a total complete experience in meltdown, and they're just watching like you know I don't know SpongeBob. You know? <laughs> that's so great! Oh, that's so great! You know, I would love for you to share a little bit because um, I want to know more about it too about the four elements of appreciation. Like, how do we define appreciation? And I know this is through the lens of the 15 commitments, right, of conscious leadership. Yeah, it is. Um, I get, I steal everything I've learned from them. <laughs> it's not stealing. It's just sharing. It's sharing, sharing yeah. wisdom that is passed down from. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, so um, they talk about it here in the book around um, four elements of masterful appreciation. And one of them is sincerity, which I love this one. And, and before, you know, before you go any farther, this is, when I, as everybody's listening, we're listening through the lens of how we appreciate others. Is it the same yes. as how we appreciate others or how we want to be appreciated? How, what's the lens we're looking through? Well, this would be the lens of how we would appreciate others. Okay. Right? But in the same way, it would be how we receive, right? Okay. So, so <coughs> excuse me, a little tickle. Um, so sincerity, so a masterful appreciation, if you're appreciating someone else, and I've been practicing this this month because again, like I said, I, I focused on this last month in my work, um, but a sincere appreciation. So how am I in relationship to showing appreciation for my kids? Because let's remember we're leading, right? We're influencing our kids. So the way in which we treat them if I want to teach my kids how to be masterful appreciators, all I have to do is model it. Uh-huh. And if I model to them what appreciation looks like, they're going to feel it, you know, and they're going to give it back automatically. It's the mirror neurons, right? It's the science. Like they're going to just repeat what we do. Yeah. So I've been really practicing these four elements this past month and it's been fun because it's like a little game of where's Waldo. Like instead of me looking around the house for who didn't put the dishes away or who didn't clean up the kitty litter, I'm looking for the things that I love about what they are doing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean I don't say go put your dishes away and do the kitty litter, but there's just a balance there of uh, of appreciation simultaneously. So, okay, I went off so on a tangent. Overly, we overly focus on what's wrong, right? I mean, it's just kind of our biology to do that. And so we're overly focusing on everything that's not right and not focusing on right. what actually is right. Yeah, totally. Like we, we walk in the door and we notice like the shoes are thrown and the coats are on the floor and the backpacks and the dishes aren't done. And, you know, you're like, oh, but you don't look around and see the 25 other things that are really good. Yeah, or they did their homework already or, you know, whatever it might be, you know, all these kind of good things. Exactly right. So there is this, um, last month I did a game in my newsletter for, um, for us to practice building the muscle of appreciation. And it's this really fun, quick thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to share it with you right now. Um, I'm actually going to do it with you right now. Are you willing to play? I, I am willing to play. Let's do it. Okay. It's like 10 seconds. So I want you to 
Um, look around the room and pay attention to everything in the room right now. Do a 360 of everything in the room right now that's white. That's white. Okay. So just take a look around the room. All right. All right, and tell me when you're ready. I'm ready. Great. And so how many green things did you see? None. Right. So now <laughs> take a look around the room and notice how many things in the room that are green. Yeah. All right, let me know when you're done. I'm done. All right, how many things did you notice? Seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, this is mindfulness, right? It's like we're building the muscle of awareness. What we pay attention to grows. Right. So we can actually choose to move our attention at any given moment to the good or the bad, something to appreciate or something not to appreciate. Yeah. So if we really start to practice building the muscle, um, we, can, we can train ourselves to focus on appreciation, on gratitude, on the things that bring us joy and that we love. And it doesn't mean we have to ignore um, the things we don't enjoy or don't love. It just, it's just about how much attention are we giving either one of those things in any given moment. And it's always a choice. So back to your question, the four elements of masterful appreciation, the first is sincerity, the second is an unarguable truth. The third is specificity. I, that word is funny to say. Mm -hmm. And the fourth is succinct language. So when you're practicing masterful appreciation, you're really looking for something you're sincerely appreciating. You're saying it in a way that's unarguable, that's not a judgment, that's just sort of a fact you're saying it really specifically and you're saying it in a succinct language. So you're quick out breath, you know, we don't want to get too flowery. Mm. So, so, so for example, it might be instead of saying to my, my little guy, Brody, Brody, you're so creative, right? That would be an appreciation. You're so creative. I love how creative you are. Or I right. could say, Brody, I just am enamored by the picture you put up on the refrigerator and the details in the dragon and I just really liked it. And I'm just appreciating yes. it. Yes. I love the way you drew the lines and the dragon with that red, you know, marker and, you know, the perspective you, you did in that drawing. Wow. Love that. Yeah. Like, so it's really specific. It's succinct. It's not over the top. Yep. And you can really point to um, something in that, that he, that resonates for him. Yeah. So I do this a lot with my kids where I'm looking, there's certain qualities in my kids that I want to draw out that I know are in, in them. And I'll, I'll say to them all the time, like, I really appreciate how organized you are or how much leadership you showed when you did the dishes without me asking, or, you know, I just, I, I look for the qualities that I want to, um, I don't know, to cultivate in my kids. And, yeah. And I remind them, I appreciate that about you. I see you. And they do move that way. Like I, can, I was a teacher for a few years and I was, uh, had a second grade class 
And it was mm, in I didn't LA. Know that. Yeah, it was in Crenshaw in LA. So it was a it was a, a a difficult neighborhood, a difficult class that I had, although the kids were magical. And um and it was rough. You know, there was a lot of misbehavior going on. But what I learned to do, I don't remember who how I learned this, or I read it somewhere or someone suggested, when I saw bad behavior, I would look for someone being good. Like I wouldn't focus on a bad behavior. I would look for someone being good and I would go right up to them and very specifically, you know, say, you know, I can really see how you're focused on your writing. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Like that's kind of what we're supposed to be doing right now. And mm-hmm. all at once, everyone would focus on their writing. You know, it was, it was like, yes, this would go on and be like, oh, and they'd all start writing. And then I'd compliment another one. You know, I'd kind of walk around and be like, wow, I can really see everyone really focused on their writing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because it feels good when we're acknowledged and when we're seen, we want to feel good. We just want to feel good. So why not, you know, support, but it's got to be authentic. I mean, I I, want to keep coming back to that first point in sincerity. It's really got to be something authentic and um, meaningful. Mm. Yeah. Authentic and meaningful. Yeah. Not just, we're not just praising all the time. No, I think, oh, go ahead. Sorry. You go. I do think we're in like an overpraiseful culture, right? It was like, yay, good job, good job, good job, good job. Like, everything's a good job. I'm like, that's not true. Everything's not a good job. (laughs) (laughs) We need a little reality here. Exactly. We need a little reality. And then we only have a couple more minutes, but I want to talk a little bit about receiving. Um, yeah, well, you know, so we kind of, we got into that a little bit and we, we didn't unpack it quite as much as we did about appreciations. So it's much easier to give appreciations and I can really imagine practicing more and more in this way, but the edge for me feels like, and I, you know, I have this huge opportunity right now to receive because I've asked my friends and extended community to support me and help me in getting the word out about my book in September. And I'm just constantly receiving and even saying it again, I'm getting a stomachache. <laughs> like I get yeah. a physical response to asking for help and to receiving help. And I know I'm not alone. I know many people struggle with this same thing. So I wonder if you and I can come up with a little practice. And I know you were talking about something earlier, but maybe we can give something really specific for, for me, like something you might suggest to me if you're coaching me. Um, you know, what I should be doing in the next couple of months as people reach out. And as I have, in fact, Diana uh, Chapman offered to have a wonderful call with me about her book and, um, and how, you know, the successes of launching her book. And she wanted to share with me all the things she did right and things she would do differently. And, um, and it was, it was overwhelming to me that on a Sunday morning, she took an hour to talk to me. And there was a part of me that was like, I'm not worthy of this call. Yes. That's what it boils down to. Yeah. Worthy. It boils down to the part of ourselves that doesn't feel worthy. And I think this is a practice of really embracing and loving the part of ourselves that doesn't feel worthy. I can hear my Catholic upbringing right now. Like I am not worthy to receive you for those of you who had a Catholic upbringing. Um, you know, that whole message that I was sent and and that's, it's a lie, 
right? We've been told a lie. We're not worthy. And we, on some level, we believe that lie. So one practice that I think would be super fun is five minutes of mindfulness each morning. And really, um, I love to do a mindfulness practice where you imagine yourself in your heart and you're sitting there and someone you love, you can, you can take turns bringing new people into it. Um, and you're sitting there and they're sitting there and you're sitting with your arms open and wide and breathing and they're just handing you a gift and you're imagining whatever you want to be in that gift. It could be love. It could be gratitude. It can be creation. It can be a brand new car. It can be a diamond ring, whatever. And just imagine yourself taking it in and then having a sensory experience. So what I heard you say a few times is it was overwhelming or I got, you know, you know, something in my stomach. I felt sick in my stomach. And my invitation to you would be really just like hold that one that's, that's afraid or pushing away or resisting, right? And just love that one. And really it's just a practice of loving the parts of ourselves that still have unwillingness to fully open mm. and, um, and practicing receiving. And I would practice it in that meditation every day for five minutes. I love that. And I do, um, I generally sit in the morning. So I'm going to add that into my practice and I, I love that. I will report back to you on how it went. I can't wait. Yeah. And we are out of time. So I am, we're going to say goodbye. I'm going to let Emery tell our listeners a little bit about how they can reach you, your website, you know, things that they can do to reach out to you and work with you. Um, and then we'll sure, sure, sure. Yep. I can be reached at bringithome.me. That's my website. And you'll find all sorts of goodies there. You'll find um, more information about the course and more information about me and our different events and all that stuff. So check it out and um, sign up for our newsletter. And yeah, I'm excited to, to spread the word. Yeah. And if you, if you happen to live in the Chicago area, keep an eye out on one of our newsletters because we're going to, we're trying to scheme some way for me to come there and talk about my book in the, probably in the spring because Emery doesn't want me to come there in the winter. She's afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I am afraid you'll never come back or no, I'll we're gonna... hop into your luggage and come home with you. We're going to try to do oh, it in spring. Yeah. And Michelle, let's not forget, we're going to do, um, we're talking about doing a webinar together at the end of September. So keep an eye out for our webinar together. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be super fun. Well, thank you for yeah. being here with us today, Emery. Really thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And we're going to say goodbye. May you meet this moment fully. May you meet this moment with kindness towards yourself and others. Thanks for listening to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World with Michelle Gale. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend and give us some stars and a favorable review at iTunes.